It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. My girl drinks beer. She don't need nothing fancy. She takes a cold one, makes it look Classy, she's on that Miller time, living a high life. Yeah, cases all it takes to make her happy. Now we don't sip no top shelf liquor around here. My girl drinks beer. Alberta's Dan Davidson recently returned from his Australian tour. And of course, he released his new single, Girl Drinks Beer, with Australian country artist Travis Collins. Dan's 2022 EP, Six Songs to Midnight, debuted at number one on the iTunes country chart. Earlier this year, Dan received platinum status for his sophomore single, Found. He's had seven CCMA nominations and 10 Alberta Country Music Association wins. He spent over 10 years playing in the well-known Canadian indie rock band Tupelo Honey. That's how he got his start. And he, uh, that band had several top 40 hits, top-selling iTunes records, and they toured with bands like Bon Jovi. So lots to cover in the past, and specifically the great year that Dan has had in 2022. Hey, Dan, how are you? Hey, buddy. Good, man. How are you doing? Doing great. Great to chat with you again, and congrats on uh, all the milestones this year. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's uh, it's feeling good. You know, the, the train is still rolling forward full steam, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't really stop to think about it too much. It's just trying to keep the pace, you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, totally. You go to the next thing, and that is so important in a career like yours to keep the momentum going, and I guess, you know, some of it comes naturally, of course, because you're releasing stuff, but at the same time, You've got to kind of not look back too much, but keep keep the momentum going forward. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. You can't. Uh, you can't. Unfortunately, in this business, it's hard to stop and smell the roses because you gotta <laughs> you gotta keep it. You know, fuel on the fire because it's uh, it's definitely the music industry is is such a world of what have you done for me lately. So, so I try and do a lot for people as often as I can. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah, it's, it's all the current stuff. But uh, but going back into the past a bit, um, your sophomore single found the catchy song, super catchy song that you wrote with Clayton Bellamy, solo artist, and of course he's with the Roadhammers. But uh, earlier this year at the CCMAs, you were uh, given platinum status for that single. Uh, pretty amazing. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it was that was wild. You know that kind of stuff just doesn't really happen to an indie artist. So, you know, I mean it's it's a hard bar to set for myself because it's so high <laughs> but i like the challenge and you know i feel really grateful that that i was able to to kind of stumble across a song that uh, just keeps on ticking like without me doing anything that song gets over a million streams a year and it's just chugging away for me so yeah it's 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 really incredible you know a lot a lot of major label acts don't even get uh, platinum selling yeah. selling records so you know for me and and for clayton we're just over the moon that, you know, this song that we wrote, just stomping and clapping in my kitchen, <laughs> just it got legs and it uh, it never stopped. Clapping was a big part of the writing session because, of course, the song is one of those clap kind of song, clap along. Yeah, it's a stomp clap. It's like a <laughs> East Coast kitchen party vibe. 
<laughs> so yeah it's just you know what i think what really sold that song and what made it so successful is the fact that it's a wedding song but it's not a sappy wedding song it's not a slow song it's an upbeat get drunk and fall in love kind of vibe and i think uh, that's unique for a wedding song that's true yeah yeah we need more of those because you're right you have the typical uh, i'm in love with you kind of song but getting drunk and falling in love is uh, a good spin on it yeah, you know, and it's it, the crazy thing was, you know, that song, uh, it did a lot of things that hadn't been really done. Like, I can't think of another song in the last 40 years that was an independent song that uh, I didn't have any of those radio programs like the Future Star or Emerging Artists or whatever they call it on, on each of the radio networks where, right. you know, those radio networks will pick uh, an artist and, and they put them into rotation and it jumps up the charts to almost an instant top 40. But this was all fan perpetuated and a lot of music directors out there just personally taking a chance on it. So I think that that showed that there was some quality there. You know, it was it was the highest selling Canadian song for a couple weeks and uh yeah, it's it's I think it peaked at radio at number 16 or 17 or something like that, which isn't really reflective of, of the impact it had. Just looking at the sales numbers, it's uh, it's wild. And from what I've heard from fans, a lot of it was the, to do with, uh, you know, people using it for their wedding songs and it kind of spreading word of mouth that way. Well, it might be the whiskey talking, might be the wine, but I think that I found someone I can settle Well, it might be the whiskey talking, might be the wine, but I 
you know, you you mentioned you achieved all that as an independent artist. And of course, a lot of artists have labels behind them and other uh, publicity machines kind of propelling them forward. But, you know, as an independent artist, that makes this accomplishment that much uh, more uh, important and satisfying. Yeah, it's true. You know, like I, I think there's a lot of indie labels out there that will say that their artists are independent but in my eyes a true independent artist is one without a label altogether and that's that's kind of what I am and and what I've always done and I think the reason that I'm still independent is because I had all those years slugging it out in the rock and roll industry on my own and learning all the jobs and learning exactly what labels do and trying to you know figure out that checklist and uh and a way to do it on my own with an indie shoestring budget. And so, yeah, like I had a lot of the strategies in play and, and uh, I, you know, like I said, feeling very lucky that I was able to create that song because makes my job as an independent artist trying to promo the song that much easier, you know, when it's, when the song's doing some of the work for you and right. uh, yeah. And winning people over, it's, it's a little easier. So you would be a, a perfect person to uh, chat with and um, I guess, tell other artists, newer artists, kind of about what you've learned about the business because you've had to wear all those hats. So you would have some great advice for uh, newcomers on the scene, I'm sure. Yeah, it's actually become kind of a passion of mine, to be honest. I love I love trying to solve people's problems and I love talking to new artists and, and uh, you know, figuring out what their challenges are and, and giving them some advice on the decisions that I made that were wrong, which led me to the right ones. So they don't have to make those wrong ones, but you know, like there's a lot of young artists like Haley Benedict is a great example of somebody that I like to, to consider um, as somebody that I've taken under my wing a little bit. And, and uh, yeah, we've, we've had a lot of success together, but there's a lot of bands in different genres too. I'm working with a, a pop band called FKB from Alberta and, and they're great and they're learning a lot and, and writing great songs. And I just I just hope that I'm having an impact and paying it forward a little bit. Like, you know, there was a lot of people when I was young that that were uh, shooting me in the right direction too. guys like right. my producer, Jeff Dalziel. Absolutely. Jeff Dalziel, producer extraordinaire. Uh, how long have you guys been working together? Oh, man, it's kind of crazy. I, I met Jeff when I was 19 and I was in Toronto with my rock band and we just won the national battle of the bands the biggest battle of the bands in the whole country tupelo honey won and jeff happened to walk into the bar as we were hitting our last note and he said you guys should come out to toronto and work with me so i think that was probably in 2005 or 6 or something like that so you know i think we've known each other for almost 20 years now it's crazy incredible and that was your time with tupelo honey 10 years on the road. Uh, that's amazing. And you got to open, as I mentioned off the top for uh, bands like Bon Jovi tour with them. Um, who else did you meet during that time? Was there anybody you would really looked up to that you got to meet and have that starstruck moment? If you do get starstruck. Yeah. You know what? It's, I mean that the Bon Jovi thing was definitely the biggest star that we ever came in close contact with. <laughs> um, but we got to tour with a lot of cool bands. You know, we were out with uh theory of a dead man and we're still, I'm still really close with those guys and, and default. And that's where I met Dallas. Yeah. You know, we toured, toured with Billy talent and metric and three days grace and shine down all these awesome, awesome bands. And, you know, the only band that that uh, I was sad that we never got to tour with, and it was pretty much the only band in Canadian rock we never got to tour with, was Nickelback. And that would yeah. I thought that, that would have been so cool. And I, I'm sad that we missed each other. 
That would have been great because I know they're a bunch of great guys and I know they're going to be at Boots and Hearts next year as well. Yeah, that's so cool. I'm yeah. glad that I'm glad that they're doing that. It's going to be a, a rowdy night, I think. <laughs> and I know they've done so. They have some country connections. I think uh, Chad Kruger wrote uh, a song for Tim McGraw, and I think there's some other connections. Wow. Well, yeah, I know he uh, was heavily involved in Megan Patrick's first yes. song, and uh, yeah, like I think those. You know, I I always thought that the the weird hatred for Nickelback out there was such like a stupid trend because you look at this band and they're incredible. Like they play great, they they do what they do better than anyone else, and you know they're superstars. They're going into the Canadian Hall of Fame this year, so yeah. they got to be good at what they do. I have I have huge respect for that band, and you know especially. Small town Alberta boys, so they got to have some country in them somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, and I agree with you that there should be a lot of, more love thrown their way, and there's no reason for uh, for for anything else. But I just looked up uh, the song. I remember this. Uh, so Tim McGraw had a song back in 2009 called "It's a Business Doing Pleasure with You." Play on words there. I remember it being a cool song. But it was written by uh, Nickelback frontman Chad Kruger and uh, Brett James. They wrote that uh -oh. for Tim McGraw. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. I'll have to go check that one out again. Yeah, yeah it's a pretty fun song. Uh, and uh, I should also throw in a, a, a fun fact, an important fact, uh, your streams. Uh, again, as an independent artist, you have over 20 million worldwide streams. Uh, that's a pretty amazing stat. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy about that. And I think that's it's cool to see that some of the songs that didn't you know fly up the charts at radio are some of the ones that are the hottest on streaming and i i think that that is a good indicator you know when, when it's the fans that are making the decision and not somebody else making the decision it's cool to see which songs come back as the ones that are resonating with people right. like i i have a song called unkiss her that i don't even think broke the top 50 and it's my second top streaming song and, and there's a song called role models that that i put out during the pandemic and uh i love playing that song and i'm it's cool to see it streaming so well because it's like okay yeah i'm glad other people like it the same way i do i wasn't sure if it was just me or what but sometimes <laughs> the sometimes the proof is in the pudding i guess yeah, that's a great way to know about, uh, I guess, album cuts as maybe they used to be called, but they, uh, songs not released as singles. You can tell on streaming services which ones uh, are really popular. And that's cool to know that songs that weren't on radio, because I, I guess there's an audience out there. I mean, I, I'm of a certain age where I think about radio, but obviously with Spotify being around so long and streaming that there are some people who only get their music from streaming services. Yeah, you know, I think that's a lot more common now, just because it's so easy. It's on everyone's phone. You get in your car, your phone syncs up to your stereo, and away you go. Yeah. So, so like, for me, that's kind of how it is, too. I, I, a lot of the time, you know, I listen to so much music on Spotify that their algorithms now understand what I like, and they'll suggest <laughs> stuff, and I find a lot of new music that way. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great way to do it. You discover new artists that aren't on radio, haven't made it to radio, might not make it to radio, that kind of thing. Uh, and let's do one more stat, and then we'll get into your Australian tour. Um, seven CCMA nominations, and you've won 10 Alberta Country Music Association wins. That's your home province, of course. Uh, pretty cool to get those acknowledgments and the wins. Yeah, that is nice. You know, I, I always, it's, it's tough with uh, things like the CCMAs because of how you know, stacked up the labels can get with a lot of voting memberships and stuff. So I never really expect to win, but I love being part of the conversation and uh, getting a little, 
you know, a, a little nod to the hard work that we put in all year. So that's every year before they announce the nominees for the CCMAs. I'm like, oh my God, this is going to kill me if I don't get nominated. <laughs> you know, it, it just feels, uh, it's just a high pressure moment when you're an independent artist trying to stay on top of that, that world. But, um, you know, it, it is nice winning war awards, but at the same time, it, music isn't really like football. You can't, you can't win music, you know, it's all... <laughs> It's all kind of uh, in the eyes of the beholder. So I'm, I'm just happy to, to go and, and see a lot of my friends. That's, that's what the biggest thing is with those award shows is yeah. getting to get to have the hangs with all the musicians and artists and, and industry people that you don't get to see all the time. Totally. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. The, those friendships and, and connecting. And as you said, with the awards, I mean, yeah, it's great to win, but even if you don't, the fans, when you're performing for them, aren't thinking about, did he win an award last year or not? They're just enjoying themselves. So in one, at one, to one degree, it's not uh, certainly the most important thing. Totally. Yeah. I yeah. think it's, I think it's just more, um, yeah, it's just more of a celebration. I try to look at it that way so I don't yeah. get, you know, discouraged or whatever. It's just a week of celebration and having fun. And, and uh, you know, if I if I look up and I'm winning one one day, then then great. But if not, I'm, I'm still just going to be – it's not going to change anything in my life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, your new single out there now, Girl Drinks Beer. Uh, you recorded that with Australian country artist Travis Collins. And uh, earlier in November, you returned from your uh, tour, first time – in australia so let's talk about the tour and uh tell us a bit about the single oh man it was that was one for the the books for sure like i've toured in nine countries now which is <laughs> just insane wow. i still can't believe that with country music i'm able to to get around the world like that i, I definitely thought my days of international travel were done when i got out of rock and roll but <laughs> yeah it was this one was an especially crazy trip because i had a show in spain first so me and two guys from the band traveled to Spain. We met up with uh, three guys from a French band that I sometimes use in, in mainland Europe. And uh, we played a show in Spain to 900 crazy European wacky line dancers. <laughs> I don't know. They love line dancing there. And uh, from there, I jumped on a plane and flew to Dubai, which is a six and a half hour flight. And then from Dubai to Brisbane, which is a 16 hour flight. So it was it was a big day to get to, yeah. to get to Australia. But the other guys flew from Vancouver to Brisbane. We met there and we played this incredible festival called Groundwater Music Festival. And it's, you know, Gold Coast is like the Palm Springs of Australia. It's just beautiful, manicured. It's you know, just amazing sandy beaches and it was it, it was everything that you would think that playing on an Australian beach would be. It was that. <laughs> And, wow. uh, you know, it was it was really cool because I think the band guys knew how important it was for me to really crush down there because uh, they all brought their triple A AAA game like the band was on fire. And by the third show we had at the festival, um, the festival promoter was saying that we had the most people at our venue than, than uh, anybody else did that day. So, oh, wow, we really made a good impact. And uh, yeah, so it was from there, you know, we jumped in a van and drove on the wrong side of the road all the way down <laughs> to, uh, to Newcastle. We, we uh, got to play a club show with my buddy Travis Collins. And, and that was that was cool getting into, you know, see, see how it is in the club circuit there. And sure, we had, a, we had some time off to explore Sydney a little bit. My sister happened to be in town. So we wandered around and did a little self-made pub tour <laughs> and uh yeah then we, we finished it off with a show in Campbelltown this little suburb of Sydney and it was a, a little small festival but 
just fantastic. You know, I, the people were great. I found that Australians are so much like Canadians. It's just like the other side of the mirror, you know, that up is down and, and black is white. And, but uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And it was really eye-opening to see that there's a, a whole world over there that, that I should and will continue to develop alongside Canada. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to say we've been invited back, but at the end of August, so we're going back down for our second tour. Oh, that's great. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Great to build uh, a, a new audience uh, over there. Totally. Yeah. And they're the best part is they're English speaking. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's an easier country to tour, but yeah, just, you know, despite the uh, wrong side of the road driving, everything else was, was really smooth sailing. And yeah, so I was really lucky to uh, have made a lot of friends when I was there. I've already been writing with tons of Aussie uh, artists and, and really sinking my hooks in. Wow. I think that if I can tour in Australia during Canadian winter and then come back and tour in Canada in summertime, <laughs> I've hacked the system and I've got it all figured out. <laughs> You've got a plan. That sounds like a great plan. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. And how did you uh, connect with Travis in the first place? Well, during COVID, there was this sort of uh, initiative put on by the Canadian Country Music Association mm -hmm. and uh, Country Music Association of Australia. Right. And so they did this kind of a thing where they, it was almost like speed dating. Like they would have uh, this first session where they'd have all these Canadian artists linking up with Australian industry yeah. people. And they would have these five minute Zoom calls switching in and out of these little breakout rooms. And then there was another one with artists from both countries and I met a lot of artists and some I knew and some I didn't. But uh, with Travis, when I kind of landed in his room, mm -hmm. we just kind of hit it off, you know, just like a nice guy, super funny. He's got fans that are really similar to my fans and he's kind of his music isn't too unlike what I do. So okay. I just kind of kept him in the back of my mind. And, and as uh, Girl Drinks Beer kind of came to completion, I was like, you know what, this is the perfect time to throw an Australian artist on there because I'm going to be heading down this year for sure. So I just kind of called him out of the blue and I was like, Hey, I got this song. What do you think? You want to sing on it? <laughs> and, and he was, he was game and his, you know, his management team and everybody was, was really excited about it. So we, uh, yeah, we jumped on a song together and, and it was, it was great because we performed it at the festivals down under and, and, uh, Really hit it off, you know, and became friends. She wears high heels with Duke so daisy. She can drive a stick, loves Iron Maiden. She's a blonde Shania. She ain't even trying. She's a down-home girl with uptown style. There's a list as long as a country mile of why we're a perfect fit. But the best part is... My girl drinks beer, she don't need nothing fancy She takes a cold one, makes it look classy She's on that Miller time, living the high life Yeah, cases all it takes to make her happy Now we don't sip no top shelf liquor around here My girl drinks beer Hey Travis, what you know about it, man? There ain't no claw, jello shooter, dumb perignon In her cooler, just hops and boiling water Yeah, there ain't nothing hotter When a girl drinks beer, she don't need nothing fancy She takes a cold one, makes it look classy She's on that meal of time, living the high life Yeah, Casey's all it takes to make her happy 
I don't have the information on the writers here, Dan. Who who are the writers on Girl Drinks Beer? Uh, two Canadians, actually. There was a uh, it was me, and then uh, a guy named Andrew Peebles, who is originally from BC but lives in Nashville now. Guy I love writing with, and then the other guy was uh, David Boris. So oh, yeah. Dave Boris and I write a lot of songs together. He's got a cut on my upcoming record, and just a really really good vibes guy. So yeah, you know it's so funny. Every time I go down to Nashville. I'll do all these rights with Americans, but at the end of the day, all my best songs have always been with Canadians. <laughs> Interesting. I wonder why that is. Is uh, there yeah. that connection from being from the same place? I think so. You know, it might just be, it might just be chance, but I also yeah. find that there's a style to Canadian writers. Like I feel like when Canadian writers write a song, they're not looking at the clock. And when, if you don't finish one day, you circle back and you finish it. You keep working on it until it's done. And uh, I find a lot of people in Nashville, you know, when three o'clock hits, they're out the door and then hopefully somebody <laughs> picks up the reins and finishes the song because otherwise it's not getting finished. That's hilarious. Yeah. So I, I don't yeah. know why that is. I think maybe the American style is a little bit more quantity. Right. And uh, maybe we're Canadians are a little more precious about stuff. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, who would you like to get into a writer's room with, Dan, that you haven't as of yet? Who's like a dream writer for you? Uh, well, there's a lot of people that I know that I haven't written with yet that I'd love sure. to. Like, I'd love to write with Gordy Sampson. I'd love to write with uh, Donovan Woods. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, you know, there's there's tons of other people that I'd, I'd love to get. I'd love to get in the room with Chad Kroger. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm not really sure. I'm sure there's, like, a, a swack of, of massive Nashville writers that would be be cool to write with. You know, all the, all the Shane McAnally's and stuff of the world. Yeah, but yeah. I'm just happy to make friends. Honestly, every time I go for a writing trip, whether it's in Copenhagen or Nashville or wherever, it's just, you know, I can tell in the first 40 minutes if what, you know, how it's going to be. Cause uh, I find that people that want to just have a coffee and hang out and chat a little bit first, those days are always great. Whenever you walk away feeling like you made a friend, you probably made a good song too. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause you got to be that comfortable with the, person in the room uh, to become friends and then you can kind of write about anything because you're comfortable yeah i think so okay. man i just i just like like a really relaxed hangout makes for a much better song low pressure sure 
people sharing ideas and I, I love that when those days happen that's the best and i think that's why i clicked with clayton bellamy so much it's just you know if something once it worked once we're like oh okay we got a thing here so if <laughs> it ain't broke don't fix it kind of a vibe totally do you guys write have you written a lot together since then since found Oh yeah. Yeah. We yeah. write constantly together. So he's probably the guy I write most with. And, you know, for a while there, probably last year we were writing once every week or once every two weeks. So oh, we wow. had, uh, we've had a lot of songs together over the years. And uh, talk about songs that you've written for other artists. You've pitched other artists and they've recorded. Yeah. Well, I, I got three with the last Roadhammers record. So I, I wrote and, and actually ended up producing three songs on, nice. on that one. Um, Clay and I have also written for a band called the Standstills that had a top 40 with a rock song we wrote. Okay. And, uh, well, recently I got a cut, well, at least a hold from a Korean pop band on one of my, one of my K-pop songs that I was pitching. So <laughs> wow. yeah, it comes in all shapes and sizes, you know, I've, <laughs> I've got a couple of country cuts with uh, some local artists like Prairie States and, and stuff like that. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm really sw trying to swing big and, and get into as many rooms as I can and, and uh, continue building that resume. And and I was, I was last year, I was really excited because Spotify made a official Spotify playlist of, of songs that were written by me. So it's kind of, kind of. Oh cool. wow! Yeah, that's cool. That's so when I, you know you've made it, right? Or that's one of the milestones. That's what I keep telling people. <laughs> exactly. Look, I'm, I've made it. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you have to tell people that you've made it if they don't believe you, right? That's it. You got to fake it till you make it. That's part of the <laughs> yeah. part of the rules. Part of the rules. Yeah, that's part of uh, music 101. Um, I, I was just reading here, and it, it caught my eye. Uh, I did read this earlier, but then it jumped out now. Uh, one of the CCMA nominations that you had, Dan, was a nomination for Record Producer of the Year. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, you know, I think it was a couple years ago now. I've, you know, Haley Benedict is from my hometown here, and and I remember her even as like a 13-year-old kid just being around town and singing in talent competitions and busking at the farmer's market. And I just always, I always like somebody that hustles and works hard and, and uh, you know, isn't discouraged by the steps you got to take as an artist. And, and you know, I'd kind of helped her with some advice once in a while, but I called her during at the start of the pandemic and i was like you know what let you know i think you're she was probably 18 or something at the time and i was like let's let's make this industry take you seriously you're not a little girl anymore let's find you a song that really showcases what you do and who you are and mm -hmm. and sort of kick down the door to the the national scene and let's just introduce yourself to the canadian music industry so i called up uh, a friend of mine um emily who's a big writer in nashville canadian girl and I said, hey, I'm looking for a female perspective song, something kind of young. Uh, I don't have anything written, but I would love to just see what you have so I can introduce it to Haley. And so uh, Emily and, and Madeline Merlot sent me a song that I was both Haley and I agreed would be a great song for us to take a look at for her. So I essentially produced it for free for Haley and, and just tried to help her with as much advice and, and help her through her Project Wild thing and and the Haley song really exploded. It got on all those radio network, you know, programs and shot up to number 16 or something. And, you know, it's got millions of streams now. And uh, yeah, so my my work on that one uh, is what kind of 
got got the attention for the CCMA nomination for producer of the year, which was insane because that I honestly that was one of those songs that I didn't need to labor over and spend weeks and weeks on. Like it kind of came together pretty quickly, to tell you the truth. Interesting. And I, I believe that's her uh, big single, Wanted You To. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. That's the one. I mean, that is such a great song. I heard that on the radio here in Ontario so many times. Uh, and uh, great song. I mean, did so well for her. It did. Yeah. And it was cool because we just like, we just honestly did the whole thing where I'm sitting right now, just in my basement, my little demo studio. I'm not even at my my big studio downtown. It was just like a laptop. And we did the whole thing oh, wow. here. Yeah. <laughs> so is that something you do more of or do you uh, produce for others at this point, Dan? Yeah, I do. Actually, I'm starting to do a lot more of it. Uh, I, you know, I produced Clayton Bellamy's solo record this year and and just I just feel like it really kind of came out of nowhere. I was I did uh, four songs for a band called Weapons out of Saskatoon and all those songs were top 40s. Wow. So, yeah, it's been um, a huge part of my game these days. And I think it came it started happening because usually in a songwriting session, there's a demo guy or girl and uh and I've just kind of slipped and fallen into being the demo person on all these sessions. <laughs> and those demos just started getting better and better until people asked me to, to, you know, wanted to pay me money to finish them. Wow. <laughs> so I'll take it. Yeah. That's when you know you're really good at it when they start to pay you money. Yeah, I know. That's, that's nice. Hopefully I can get a little more of that. It's tough to balance, to be honest, because I'm spending so much time working on my own stuff. Yeah. But, um, but I really do enjoy making music for other people too. It's, it's, it's funny. It's a little bit less pressure. So the, you know, the creative doors are wide open. Interesting. So less pressure in terms of it's not your vocal, that kind of thing, or it's not your. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's just like, it allows me to, to not overthink things so much. Oh, okay. It's kind yeah. of like, if it feels good, do it sort of a thing. And yeah. it's since it's somebody else's brand, I just don't overthink it and micromanage every detail. So I, I think it's way harder to produce for yourself. That would make sense. Yeah, you kind of need to be removed a bit from it. Be uh, have somebody who's less uh, objective or, or subjective. Yeah, that's. I, I think that's exactly it. And uh, you know, I've I've been doing some some my own production stuff. Like Girl Drinks Beer is one I produce myself, and and it is tough. Like you start to think, is this done? Is this good enough? Should right. I keep going? <laughs> you never know when it's done when it's your own thing. True. Yeah. If somebody else is doing it, they say it's done. But I know that's something that can happen that uh, the earlier thing you said, either overthinking something or or keep working at something when you just got to know when it's actually done. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, baking a cake. But I feel like I some there's some songs that I just keep putting sprinkles on and I'm not sure <laughs> if it's too many sprinkles or what. <laughs> that's a good analogy for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm sure as an artist, the part of the the word you mentioned, overthinking, uh, I know that's something that you have to kind of bypass, uh, especially when it comes to songwriting and the whole creative process. Because if you overthink something, then you let that you you can um, that can get in the way of a natural flow of things. Yeah, I find that the biggest help when it comes to songwriting and producing for me is if you're stuck, just walk away. Don't don't bang your head against the wall. Like just leave the room. Go get a coffee you know, play the song while you're not in the room or just change, change the channel. And that's the, that's the best thing to do. Like I find that in music, you have a little bit of a productivity window and then there's a bit of diminishing returns on your efforts at a certain point. So these days I'll, I'll spend an hour on a song and I'll change songs and I'll spend an hour on that song and I'll change again. And that's, I think that's how I feel like I'm getting the most done these days. 
Right. I was I heard an interview with Bruce Springsteen recently where he talked about starting to make some albums and then he might make that make an album and not even finish it or it leads him to another album, which kind of sound kind of crazy, it's, but uh, kind of says, OK, I don't want to do this. And then it leads him in a different direction. It is kind of crazy, but yeah, you just never know. You kind of have to just follow whatever feels good and, and trust that you have yeah. good taste. <laughs> exactly. You, yeah. you got to trust, uh, trust yourself. Um, let's talk about what's ahead for you, Dan, as we're wrapping up 2022 shortly, heading into 2023. What's uh, what's on the way? Some brand new music from you? Yeah, you know, I've been working really hard on new music and I've got about five or six songs that are done. So I've, I've never... I've always sort of just done a single, put it out, marketed it, done another single, put it out, marketed it. And so this time around, I'm, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to do it a different way. Uh, I'm going to get a full record done and then I'm going to consider the strategy on, on what's coming out when. So right now, yeah, I'm just, I'm just collecting masters and making a plan. Um, I'm starting to take some meetings with some, some record labels and things like that. I've, I've never done that before, but I'm just finding that I'm, I'm so busy and there's a lot of sort of bigger high level things going on that, that I could use some support with. So yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to test out the waters a little bit and see if I can find a match, a good partner out there for, for some of the new stuff. And uh, if not, no big deal. And it's full steam ahead still, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of big on the creative side of things. But uh, other than that, I'm really, uh, just starting to book up the summer. I'm, I've got plans to likely go down to Austin, Texas in March uh, oh, for South by Southwest. Yep. And uh, yeah, after that, it's going to be playing as many Canadian festivals as possible <laughs> until uh, the end of August. Where I'll be going back down to Australia to play again. That is such a great plan. Uh, the whole summer, Australia. Is there anybody that I talked about song, uh, songwriting earlier, but uh, as far as recording, you've recorded with Travis Collins. There's a few other people you've recorded with over the years. But uh, Dan, who would you? Who would be your next uh, collaboration? Or who would be a dream collaboration for you? You know what? My favorite country artist that I respect so much is this guy named Hayes Carl from, I think he's from Oklahoma originally, but he's he's a bit of a drunken poet type guy. <laughs> okay. And uh, I I love his stuff. And it's I think I love it because it's just something that I don't think I could ever pull off. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and his songs are so clever and he's he's not you know, like the best singer in the world, but his delivery is so perfect. He's, he's good buddies with Corb Lund. He's in that kind of vein. Okay. And uh, I would love to write a song with him, but you know, I, I, I get worried about these dream collaborations. <laughs> you know, I wrote with, I wrote with Corb Lund once and right. Cor I'm a huge Corb fan and, and we got along great, but I was just being such a loser. So excited to hang out with him that I think <laughs> I was the worst songwriter in Nashville that day. Oh man. <laughs> so I had, a, I had a little regret about how my performance but it was cool to hang with Corb and, and he's a good dude was it because you were too caught up in the fact that it was the Corb Lund yeah I mean he's, he's I just love his stuff yeah. I wanted to I wanted to impress him I probably didn't <laughs> <laughs> I looked up Hayes Carl just so I could get the spelling right for my own sake to, to check him out like you mentioned and for anybody listening it's H-A-Y-E-S Carl with two L's and a C for Carl uh, Hayes Carl. Uh, that's cool. Uh, somebody else for us to check out. Dan, thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast again. Always a pleasure to chat and to share a couple of the songs. Congrats on the platinum status of Found and the success of Girl Drinks Beer, your uh, tour of not only Australia, but the UK, France and Spain this year. 
And uh, what else did we say? We Your EP, Six Songs to Midnight, debuted at number one on the iTunes country chart this year. And, of course, over 20 million and counting worldwide streams. Thanks again. Always a blast. Oh, thanks, Dave. It's so, so good to hear your voice again. And uh, anytime you want me back on, I'm I'm here. <laughs> Amazing. Good. I know how to fa- find you, which is great. Once again, I've been chatting with Alberta's Dan Davidson. I'm Dave Woods, keeping it country. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.